Good evening. My name is Justin Lardenois, and I am chair of the Planning Commission. Welcome to the Planning Commission meeting. Please remember to turn off your cell phones. The parking validation machine for the garage under City Hall is located at the rear of the chambers, up at the top of the stairs. Following roll call during summary of hearing procedures, we will review how the public may provide comment during today's session. At this time, please join me in saluting the flag and reciting the Pledge of Allegiance. Pledge of Allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the Republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Thank you. We will now take roll call. Uh, I'm Justin Lardemois. I'm here. Vice Chair Ellis Wise has told me she will not be present tonight. Looks like Commissioner Barosio is also not present. Commissioner Bickford? Here. Commissioner Cantrell? Here. Commissioner Casey is not present. Commissioner Garcia is not as well. Commissioner Alberio? Here. Commissioner Rosario? Here. Commissioner Tordias? Here. Can, and uh, Commissioner Young? Here. Great, we have quorum. All right, summary of hearing procedures. If you want to address the commission, please fill out a speaker card located on the table near the audiovisual technician and deposit the completed card in the basket. There are also speaker cards in the back of the chambers and at the side entrance. The procedure for this hearing is as follows. After staff's presentation, applicants and or appellants may make up to a five minute presentation. During the public comment period, the chair will call out names on the submitted speaker cards in the order received from members of the public who attend in person. As your name is called, line up in front of the microphone at the front of the chamber. For members of the public who attend by teleconference, the meeting technician will connect these persons who desire to speak to the commission so they may be heard. Generally, each speaker will be given up to two minutes for public testimony, and speakers using a translator will have up to four minutes. At the discretion of the chair, the time allowed to each speaker may be changed depending on the number of items on the agenda, number of speakers, and other factors. Speakers using a translator will have double the time allotted. After public testimony, the applicant and or appellant may make closing remarks for up to an additional five minutes. Planning commissioners may ask questions of the speakers, and response to commissioner questions will not reduce the speaker's time allowance. The public hearing will then be closed, and the planning commission will take action on the item. The planning commission may request staff to respond to public testimony, ask staff questions, and discuss the item. If you challenge these land use decisions in court, you may be limited to raising only those issues you or someone else raised at this public hearing or in written correspondence delivered to the city at or prior to the public hearing. The planning commission's action on rezonings, pre-zonings, general plan amendments, and code amendments is only advisory to the city council. City Council will hold public hearings on these items. Section 20.120.400 of the Municipal Code provides the procedures for legal protest to the City Council on rezonings and prezonings. The Planning Commission's action on conditional use permits is appealable to the City Council in accordance with Section 20.100.220 of the Municipal Code. Agendas and all staff reports for this meeting may be accessed at the City's website. I just want to note that Commissioner Casey has joined us. Um, we'll continue on to call to order and orders of the day. Before we begin, I want to remind the Planning Commission members and members of the public to follow our Code of Conduct at meetings. This includes commenting on the specific agenda item only and addressing the full body. Public speakers will not engage in a conversation with the commissioners or staff. All members of the Planning Commission, staff, and the public are expected to refrain from abusive language. Repeated failure to comply with the Code of Conduct, which will disturb, disrupt, or impede the orderly conduct of this meeting may result in removal from the meeting. This meeting of the Planning Commission will now come to order. We'll continue on to public comment. Uh, public comments, this is the time on the agenda for public comments to the Planning Commission on items that are not on tonight's agenda. For members of the public who attended in person, please fill out a speaker's card and give it to the technician. For members of the public who joined by teleconference, please use the raise hand feature in Zoom or press star 9 on your phone to raise a hand to speak. Each member of the public may address the Commission for up to two minutes. The Commission cannot take any formal action without the item being properly noticed and placed on an agenda. In response to public comment, the Planning Commission is limited to the following options. 
responding to statements made or questions posed by members of the public or requesting staff to report back on a matter at a subsequent meeting or directing staff to place the item on a future agenda. Do we have any speakers for public comment on city business that is not on tonight's agenda? I don't see anybody in the chambers uh, standing up or anything. Uh, do we have anybody on Zoom? We do have one hand raised on Zoom. Uh, Brian Darby, you are unmuted. Thank you very much, I appreciate it. Um, two minutes, correct? Two minutes, yes. Okay, thank you, sir. Um, last night was the, the city council meeting and I've been watching the December 6th meeting, I think it was, um, about 10.3, which is the hotel project on Olin and Winchester and the changing or what it, I made be mistakenly understanding the changing of the setback guidelines for pretty much the entire, um, potentially pretty much the entire Santana Row, um, the West, the urban village in that area, uh, Winchester Urban Village, Santana Row Urban Village, I think it was called. Um, and I, I can't really see what my time is, but um, so I, it, it was a really frustrating evening for me to be honest. I've been involved in this process. Just a reminder, the urban villages were worked on by hundreds of people. We spent hundreds of hours. I just wish it meant something. It really doesn't feel that way today. And I really want to let you know that. I want to let you know the, the deep disappointment people felt with this process. They really, really, really did. It was a deep disappointment to them. They really were frustrated and upset. Most of them were neighbors of the area who have given up a lot, gone to meetings, put in public comments, all, you know, all this. And it felt like it didn't make any difference at all. And um, that's probably not accurate, you know, reality, but that's the way it comes across a lot of times. And I would just to really like to stress to the commissioners, the decisions that you make have an effect for decades on other people. Uh, granted, you don't have the legislative like the city council does, but your recommendations mean a lot to the city council. You tell by how they respond to these things. I tried making that comment last night and was so frustrated and probably not didn't was not very coherent. Um, I would hope that you hear that. Thank you for letting me talk. Thank you for your comments, Brian. Do we have anyone else for public comment? We do not. Okay. We will continue on. Um, oh, sorry. Okay. We'll continue on to deferrals and removals from calendar. It's my understanding that we don't have any deferrals tonight. Okay, great. Um, next up is the consent calendar. But um, before we go to that, I just want to take this time to ask uh, members of the commission to disclose any ex parte communications. Uh, if you had any communications um, outside of a public meeting regarding items on tonight's agenda, this would be the time to disclose it. Okay, I don't see any. Um, so we'll go on to the consent calendar. So um, notice the public, there will be no separate discussion of individual consent calendar items as they are considered to be routine will be adopted by one motion. If a member of the commission requests debate, separate vote or recusal on a particular item, that item may be removed from the consent calendar by the chair and considered separately. The public may comment on the entire consent calendar and any items removed from the consent calendar by the chair. Staff will provide an update on the consent calendar. If you wish to speak on any one of these items individually, please come to the podium at this time. For members of the public who joined by teleconference and wish to speak on one of these items individually, please use the raise hand feature in Zoom, press star nine on your phone to raise a hand to speak. On tonight's consent calendar, excuse me. 
We have the minutes from a previous meeting. We have CP 23-001 and ER 23-006, which is the conditional use permit regarding an existing monopole at 2981 Lone Bluff Way, excuse me, Monopine, and CP 23-010 and ER 23-071, which is the conditional use permit regarding an existing Monopine at 2105 Cottle Avenue. Commissioner Oliverio, I see you on the Motion to approve the consent calendar. Um, just second. Okay. So we have a motion from Commissioner Oliverio and a second from Commissioner Bickford. But before we consider that, I just want to ask, do we have any public comment on any of those consent calendar items? Oh, John? Okay. Sorry, is, the, is there someone on Zoom is what you're saying? Yes, we, um, Brian Darby. Yeah, thank you. Just a quick question. Thanks again for letting us talk on consent calendar. Is there any place to look on the website, the San Jose website, that explains how something winds up on the consent calendar so that we can understand the process a little better? Um, I, I don't know if you can answer that right now, but that's all I wanted to do is to ask that question. Thank you. Yeah, sure, Brian. I, I can answer that. Um, I, my understanding is staff generally puts items on the consent calendar when there has been little to no public, like contact from the public about them. Does anyone on staff have any further elaboration on that? Okay, I see a shaking head, so. Yeah, generally things go on consent calendar when the city hasn't, hasn't been contacted by the public about them. Um, okay, so if that was our only public comment and I don't see any of my colleagues looking to speak, we'll go to a roll call vote on Commissioner Oliverio's motion to approve the consent calendar. Vice Chair Ellis Wise is absent, as is Commissioner Barosio. Commissioner Bickford? Yes. Commissioner Cantrell? Yes. Commissioner Casey? Yes. Commissioner Garcia is absent. Commissioner Oliverio? Yes. Commissioner Rosario? Yes. Commissioner Tordios? Yes. Commissioner Young? Yes. And myself, yes. That, I'm sorry, I lost the count there. Yeah, that's eight yes, uh, zero no, and three absences, so that passes. Great. We will move on to the public hearing. Um, and we have two items for the public hearing tonight, um, CP 23-013 and ER 23-114, that regards a conditional use permit for a 48-bed uh, inpatient facility at 738 North 1st Street. That's item A, and then item B is PDC 23 or 22-06 and ER 21-301, which is a pre-zoning for um, single-family residences at 125 Kirk Avenue. I've been asked by staff because there is considerable public interest in item A, and not so much with item B that we consider item B first. Um, so we'll go ahead and do that. Do we have a staff presentation for item B? Yes, we do. Okay. Thanks. Good evening, uh, good evening, Chair and Planning Commissioners. My name is Rina Shell, Project Manager with the Planning Division for this item. The project is to annex one 1.49 acre parcel from Santa Clara County to the city of San Jose 
and to pre-zone this parcel to the R1PD Planned Development Zoning District. The site is developed with one single-family house and is accessed from Kirk Avenue. The project site is surrounded by single-family residences on all sides. Multi-family residences are located northwest of the project site on the corner of Kirk Avenue and Madeline Drive. The site is developed with one um, of the purpose of the annexation and pre-zoning is to facilitate the proposed subdivision of one parcel into 18 lots for the construction of 18 attached single-family residences on each lot. The planned development permit and the tentative map applications are on file with the city and will be scheduled at a planning director's public hearing once the city approves the annexation upon the planning commission's recommendation and after the local agency formation commission of Santa Clara County, LAFCO, certifies the annexation. The subject site has a land use designation of residential neighborhood. The maximum allowed density is at eight dwelling units per acre, and with the density bonus for providing affordable units, the project is allowed a maximum density at 12 DU per acre, which has been provided. The pre-zoning of the subject site to the R18 PD Planned Development Zoning District would allow for specifically tailored development standards and the site to be developed with 18 attached single-family residences as proposed. The review of the annexation includes coordination with LAFCO, County Surveyor, and the appropriate special districts. The annexation boundary has been reviewed and certified by the County Surveyor. The annexation will include the detachment of certain territory from Santa Clara County, Lighting Services Area, Santa Clara County Central Fire Protection District, West Valley Sanitation District, and Santa Clara, and Santa Clara County Library District. A communi community meeting was held by the applicant and the owners on September 13, 2023. Approximately 10 community members were in attendance. The concerns expressed were primarily re regarding traffic and the construction timeline for the new development. Other concerns included visual and um, noise impacts on adjacent neighbors, questions on the planting of new trees, and construction of the six-foot fence along the driveway of the development. The applicant and staff were able to respond to the public concerns, and there have been no public comments received since the meeting. The City of San Jose, as the lead agency for the, for the project, prepared an ISMND. The ISMND and CEQA documents were posted on the State Clearinghouse website and on the city's website and circulated for public review. The public circulation was open from October 3rd to October 23rd. The ISMND identified potential impacts on air quality, biological resources, hazards and hazardous materials, noise and tribal cultural resources. The project includes a mitigation monitoring and reporting program MMRP and incorporates the standard conditions and best management practices for construction activities. The ISMND concluded that the proposed project would not result in a significant and unavoidable impact and an MND is the appropriate level of CEQA clearance for the project. This project did not require detailed CEQA transportation analysis 
or local transportation allowances because the project is expected to result in less than significant DMT impacts. Staff recommends that the Planning Commission recommends the uh, City Council to adopt a resolution adopting the initial study mitigated neck deck, approve an ordinance pre-zoning the site to the R1PD Plant Development Zoning District, and adopt a resolution initiating proceedings and scheduling January 23, 2024, and not 2023, as stated in the staff report. So that's a uh, correction to be made for City Council consideration of the annexation. This concludes staff presentation. Please promote Melanie Griswold to the panel. Uh, she's the applicant. Thank you. we have the applicant set up to give a presentation? Can you see my presentation? Yes, we can. Okay. I'm actually, not, it's not at city council hearing yet. <laughs> We're aspirational. So hello, commissioners. Uh, my name is Melanie Griswold, and thank you for the opportunity to address you. First, I wanna thank Rena Shaw and Court Higgins and the rest of city staff for their work on this project. Rena's done a great job of explaining our proposed project and I will do my best not to repeat information that has already been presented and to provide just a bit of background on this project. So as way of background, the site was purchased from longtime owners of pro properties on Kirk and Madeline Avenue. It's a 1.5 acre site and um, it has a R18 single family designation, but as we noticed when we purchased the site, it has numerous multifamily residences around the site, some of which are actual multifamily, others appear to be converted from single family into uh, duplexes and triplexes. Uh, the goal with this project was to provide a high quality, affordable by design product that serves middle-class working families. With that in mind, we created an attached single family product where there are two units per building, but these units can eventually be sold individually, whereas with a standard duplex, they cannot. We've engaged in several community meetings, once in March of 2023 with the Neighborhood Association, Arvark, and then again in September. In response to some neighborhood concerns about having too many people living in one unit or rentals somewhat getting out of hand, the problems that can come from rent by room, which they voiced was a concern in their community, we committed to implementing community rules in our CCNRs that will prohibit rent by room situations. We also took care to make sure that the design was interesting um, from all angles. And throughout the process, we adjusted the design. One example of that is on Kirk, Kirk Avenue itself. So the unit that you're looking at there, the front unit, that's actually the side view. And, um, and what we did to the porch trellis features, 
on the side, you know, just to make it more interesting and more attractive from the street and not just from the subdivision. As you can see, this is the site plan. Um, the site has a single entrance from Kirk Avenue. Um, this was necessitated by the shape of the property, but um, we feel that it will also help with some of the traffic concerns voiced by the neighborhood and that you're not going to have cars racing through the subdivision passing through because it does have that single access point. Trash pickup is going to be all located within the site at each home and there are 11 guest parking spaces in addition to the garages that are provided with each residence. What you see here are the floor plans for seven of the buildings and on the next slide, the floor plan for two of the buildings. All of the floor plans include four bedrooms and an open concept first floor with the main difference in the units coming from a single car garage on our BMR units and a double car garage on the market rate units and a slightly smaller overall footprint to match in the BMR units. So on this site, it was largely undeveloped. It was just a, a single family home at the very front of it and the back was basically um, unused. Um, this project will involve the removal of 20 ordnance sized trees, 13 of which were native um, and over 12 inches in circumference. But we will be replacing them with 49 24 inch box trees, which over the next 10 years should improve the tree canopy in this area. And as indicated, I think it may be cut off um, on the slide, but uh, we did incorporate a masonry wall along the driveway side in response to neighborhood um, concerns just about the noise that might become that might come from the driveway along here. So as um, as mentioned by Rena, this project does uh, involve a density bonus and we have incorporated below market rate units on site. These units are um, pretty unusual from a normal affordable housing unit that would be in a condominium or an apartment project. Um, these units will be offered at 30% of AMI. They have the same exterior um, finishes. We are offering one of each plan type and the rent is going to be approximately $1,600 for a four bedroom home with a private yard. Um, just want to point out that um, we have uh, this project will be contributing to park fees, approximately $200,000, and then also making a $20,000 contribution to install uh, flashing beacons at the Kirk Avenue, Highland Ave, Gordon Ave intersection, which were intersections that the community voiced as concerns, not just from this project, but really more generally that there's a lot of traffic on Kirk. So this project will be making a contribution to improve the, that situation. And with that, I'm going to conclude my presentation, but if um, the commissioners or um, there's any public comments, I'm here to answer any questions that you might have. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you, Melanie. Um, <clears throat> do we have any public comments on this item? I don't see, I don't have any speaker cards for it. I don't see anyone getting up right now. Or is this? No, that's for the next item. Um, so do we have anyone on Zoom for public comment? Yes, we do. Uh, Brian, go ahead and unmute your device. 
Thank you again, ma'am. I appreciate the meeting. Really well run. Appreciate it. Um, I really wanted to thank the developer or whoever the young the person that just did, did the demonstration. That in there you have um, tribal. If there's artifacts found, that there's a protocol for dealing with them. I think that's really fantastic. I'm pretty sure that's on every project, but the fact that that was noted on the uh, um, the slideshow was really helpful. And it's unique how you did all that. And gosh, a hundred and fifteen hundred or sixteen hundred dollars for a four bedroom house. I'll be moving back over there when it gets built. I I do fit in a lot of them. The because I'm retired now, I don't really make that much. So. But I think that's wonderful that you're doing it. It looks like a good project. That's a tough area to hoe, too. So a lot of everybody deserves a lot of credit for the uniqueness of how you put that together. And everybody should get a, a good you know, pat, pat on the back for that. that it shows the uniqueness that, that architectural people and you know the folks that are involved in this really put forward in such a unique shape and such a pretty difficult area to come into. I just wanted to add that. Thank you. Thank you, Brian. Do we have anyone else for public comment? No, that was all. Okay, um, Commissioner Bigford, I see your hand up. Is we would go to five another five minutes for the applicant, but do you have a pressing question before then? Okay, I'll call on you once afterwards then. All right, uh, Melanie, uh, you have another five minutes uh, to speak to the commission. No, I, I really don't have anything to add. Um, I really appreciate the uniqueness of the project being called out. It is something different to have. A project that has more of this um, entry-level home we don't have that it's uh, in the development world it's either high-end luxury single families or high-end luxury apartments so this is a different project and we're hoping that we can replicate this in other areas but this is um, just the start all right thank you all right I'll go to you Commissioner Bickford Thank you. Uh, I just have two questions. The first one was you mentioned uh, removal of trees that are um, uh, and, and addition of other trees. Are, was there an effort made to make sure that they are in keeping with the, um, the, the type of trees that were there initially? No, I think that there was only 12 native trees that were actually on the property that were over 12 inches in circumference. But all of the trees that are planned are ones that would be that would come off of the list of what is native, what is water efficient. So um, those trees are compliant with the standards that really do incorporate that that sort of concern. I, I assume they would be. And then my other question is about parks. I saw the uh, contribution to parks, but I didn't really see any open space. I recognize that it's a relatively small space, but are there walkways and spaces for families, presumably, who are going to live here? Yeah, there are sidewalks um, throughout the um, throughout the development, so it does have a sidewalk curb and gutter, so it is walkable. Each um, unit will have private yards. It doesn't have a center uh, open space just because it, we just really could not fit it in in this sort of um, design. But, um, but it will have more of a single family feel. Thank you. I don't see any other hands up. Uh, would any of my colleagues like to make a motion? Motion to approve the staff recommendation. Second. All right. And, uh, and bef okay, just yeah, before ahead. we vote, I wanted to point out that the resolution doesn't reflect the description and adoption of the MMRP, but 
this the, the recommended action does. So by the time it goes to council, it will include that. So I just wanted to make that clear on the record. Okay, thank you. Uh, and so Commissioner Tordios made a motion, Commissioner Oliverio seconded. Would the both of you consider it friendly to slightly modify our recommendation to correct the date as noted by staff? All right, the third item, it's January 23rd, 2023, when it should be 2024. Yep. All right, great. Any further discussion before we go to a vote on this? All right. So Vice Chair Nellis Wise is not present, nor is Commissioner Barosio. Commissioner Bickford? Yes. Commissioner Cantrell? Yes. Commissioner Casey? Yes. Commissioner Garcia is absent. Commissioner Oliverio? Yes. Commissioner Rosario? Yes. Commissioner Tordias? Yes. Commissioner Young? Yes. Myself, yes. Um, I feel like I lost the count again. Eight. <laughs> Sorry about that. Yeah, that's uh, eight yes, uh, zero no, and three absences. Sorry, I counted seven, and I'm like, aren't there eight of us? I thought everybody voted yes, so I wanted to check. Maybe that's it. Um, but I did vote yes. All right, we will continue on to item A, which as noted earlier is the inpatient facility proposal at 738 North 1st Street. Do we have a staff recommendation on that item? Or sorry, not a staff recommendation, a staff presentation. Yes, um, good evening, Chair and Commissioners. My name is Jason Lee, Planner with the Planning Division and Project Manager for this request to convert an office building to a mental health care inpatient facility. Um, I am just doing an oral presentation, but I do have some slides prepared for questions, uh, context slides prepared for questions if needed later on. Okay. Um, so this site is located on the east side of North First Street between East Taylor and East Mission Street and is developed with a vacant office building. There are single and multifamily residences to the north and east of the site and office buildings and associated parking lots to the south, the west, and the northwest. The site has a general plan designation of neighborhood community commercial and is in the CP commercial pedestrian zoning district. The project meets the zoning code definition of hospital as it is an institution that maintains and operates facilities for inpatient medical care for the diagnosis, care, and treatment of mental human illness, injury, and disease, and therefore requires a conditional use permit in the CP zone. The project does not include modifications to the exterior of the building or any landscaping and does not require a TDM plan or additional vehicle or bicycle parking. Regarding noise, all activity related to the use will take place indoors and there will be no outdoor uses. Based on the project characteristics, which include indoor tenant improvements and indoor only use and a slight reduction in employees from the prior office use, Staff determined that the project qualifies for an exemption under section 15301A for existing facilities. Staff followed city council policy 6-30 for public outreach. An on-site sign was posted on the project site on August 23rd, 2023, and this hearing was noticed at a radius of 500 feet. Additionally, the council district office organized a community meeting last week uh, on December 6th, 2023, for the applicant and planning staff to discuss the project with community members. Comments received during the project review period and at the council district sponsored committee meeting addressed the concentration of homeless and mental health care, uh, mental health services within the council district. 
and the impact of the facility to public safety and the general welfare of the community and its, and its immediate neighbors. The operational characteristics of this project differ from the other, um, well, from the homeless, supportive housing, and mental health services in the district in that this project is a closed inpatient mental health care facility which requires patients to have referrals from other providers and is not a temporary or permanent housing program. Patients would not have direct access to the facility as, as it is not a walk-in self-referred facility. Patients will be transported to and from the facility and will be discharged to another facility in conformance with state laws that require psychiatric facilities to have a step-down plan during the discharge process. Patients within the facility would be supervised by staff members at all times and would not be able to leave the facility on their own. Regarding impacts on immediate neighbors, there is currently a wall along the edges of the property which may attenuate potential noise impacts of parking and parking is currently allowed on the site and is not a new activity. Therefore, staff recommends that the commission consider the exemption for this project and approve the conditional use permit. Um, this concludes staff's presentation and the applicant, uh, Eugene Tillman of Los Gazos Therapy Center is present to present to the commission. Uh, just if you could, is everything all right? Okay, um, all right. Sorry, there's something going on outside. Um, okay, yeah, so at this time, we'll have five minutes for the applicant to give a presentation, then we'll take public comment, and anyone for public comment can speak for up to two minutes, and then we have an additional five minutes from the applicant. Good evening. Um, Thank you, Chair and Commissioners, for the opportunity to present the project to you. Um, I'm the Executive Director of Los Garros Therapy Center. We're based out of um, Campbell, but we actually also have offices in a two-mile proximity from the project at 42 West San Carlos Street. Um, we've been serving our community for outpatient and uh, day programs for mental health needs for over a decade. We desperately need these type of facilities. Since the beginning, we've committed to working with surrounding neighbors in terms of reduction, noise reduction, or any alleviation of any concerns. The um, employees, the most of the activities for this facility will actually happen in the northern side of the, of the building and the offices will be on the other side. We will limit the, any activities that could generate noise to the office side of the building, such as a kitchen. Um, I wanna emphasize that this is not gonna be an emergency psychiatric facility. As a matter of fact, it's not suitable for the clearances. It will not permit the ambulances to come in and out in the parking lot, it's only eight feet. And there were no plans to have any emergency services there. We actually plan to extend this facility to our patients that are treated in our other facilities. So we, in fact, are operating our own step up and step down facilities. We 
I have carefully studied the um, objections uh, from the neighborhood, from the neighbors. I've attended the meeting. And I want to assure the commissioners and the, the neighbors that we will work with them to um, alleviate any concerns they may have. We haven't gotten to the building um, permit side of the um, project. However, um, the, there'll be no visible exterior changes and the activities that the patients will be involved with include group therapy, um, supervised meals, and the only time that they're gonna, the only thing they're gonna do at night is sleep under supervision. So there really won't be any sort of risk or an opportunity. I can, I can, I understand I cannot prevent people from looking out of the windows, but also they're not planned to be in their rooms. This is not where people reside and stay you know, live. This is where people are treated and then discharged, hopefully. The goal is to, to, to prevent people from taking their life, to prevent people, to help people improve. We just, we just got out of this pandemic, right? And we're in the middle of mental health crisis. And we have so many, so much demand from, from our community. And if everybody um, says, oh, well, not here, not in our backyard, then we're, we're really not gonna be able to do much in terms of helping these people. So besides the fact that we're going to push any kind of um, noise creating activities such as commercial kitchen to the other side of the building, we, we will not expect any activity outside of business hours. And I assure you that there'll be no noticeable visual or audio um, difference in how the building is now vacant and slightly more if there are a few more people in the parking lot, which mostly be employees, that there, there will not be any um, admissions, right? Walking admissions, that's correct. And we will work with the neighborhood to limit admissions to the daytime, because this isn't the emergency services. Um, I, I'm open to suggestions in terms of, I've heard that, hey, if we can raise the, um, the barrier, the fence, I'm okay to raise the fence, I'm okay to plan something, so, and during the process, I plan to stay in touch and be part of this community. I'm also the owner of the facility, the owner of the building. We've acquired the building for this purpose. So I'm here to reaffirm my commitment to, to you and to the community to do this together. And I hope that this project gets approved. Thank you. Thank you. All right, at this time, we will take public comment. I have a number of speaker cards, so I'll call those folks. And then after that, we can go to anyone else in the chambers who wants to speak. Uh, Bill Liu. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And uh, I've been advised to say, and then after Bill, we'll take uh, Tony Bubico. Apologies if I read that wrong. Thank you, everyone. My name is Bill Liu. I'm at uh, 724 2nd Street, and we're about two houses away from the uh, proposed project. One of the problems that I see is that there might be a, uh, a zoning or mission creep on this project. Two years from now, this gentleman may come to you and say that he wants emergency uh, mental care. 
or something else, and it gets worse and worse and worse. So in my, in my mind, this is a catastrophe for our neighborhood because it's going to generate noise, it's going to generate uh, safety issues, and it's not good for the family in our neighborhood. You know, most of us here invest up to $2 million to live in that neighborhood, and this is going to have a major impact. Thank you very much for your time. Thank you. Uh, go ahead, Tony, and after Tony, we'll have Richard Lee. Good evening, uh, Tony Bebko. I live at 741 North 2nd Street. I have two property edges that we will share with the project. Um, good evening, commissioners. I'd like to share my opposition to the approval of the conditional use permit application as I believe there are some aspects to this commercial business operation that are incompatible with the residential neighborhood. I ask the commission this evening to deny the issuance of the discretionary permit and require the applicant to return to a future meeting with a plan that will mitigate the commercial impacts on us. Since there was no specific outreach with the most impacted neighbors on 2nd Street prior to two weeks ago, uh, the authors of the memorandum may not realize that since the building has a facade on its west side, ground floor, all noise generated in the parking structure echoes out east and north into my brand new ADU in my residence. So when I purchased 20 years ago, I specifically had my realtor verify the zoning and they assured me, don't worry, it's a commercial office only. So the applicant that you're reviewing today is not going to be comparable to my neighbor of the last 20 years. You know, it will now be 24-7 facility. So you, do, you have normal noises from employees, from vending, uh, food trucks, et cetera, the, the quite obvious dumpster movement. And again, it all just echoes into my backyard. So you're making a decision in this relatively short time frame, but it's going to affect me personally for the next 20 years. If approved as written, you'll be favoring this business over the expense of my neighbors behind me. So since it's a dis discretionary permit, I believe the city will be ultimately responsible if there's reduction. And, and that concludes your time. Yeah. Second Street is very, so very comfortable. You have, your two minutes are up. Sorry. Oh, that's fine. Thank you. Yeah. All right, uh, Richard Lee, and then afterwards, um, Truk Nguyen, I think. Apologies if I didn't pronounce that correctly. Good evening, uh, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Richard Lee. I'm a new homeowner. I just bought the property in September of this year. So imagine my surprise when uh, a month and a half later, I get this postcard in the mail telling me that there will be a mental health facility in my backyard. I am the neighbor of Tony, who you just heard from. Now, uh, when I asked if we can perhaps try and mitigate uh, the term mental health facility to something more benign like uh, eating disorder facility, I was told, no, you can't do that because the government mandates it that it be called a mental health facility. Um, so my concern is this, having bought the house, uh, and I have some tenants in there right now, should my tenants, and my tenant, by the way, has a little child, uh, small, small children, what happens if my tenants move out because there's a mental health facility in my backyard? Okay, 
sure, these people have eating disorders, but eating disorders have comorbidities, meaning they have co-occurrences of uh, other issues. The most common are manic depressive behavior, uh, PTSD, substance abuse, personality disorders. You get the idea. I can't, I can't tell future tenants or future buyers of my property that this is a great neighborhood because other than that, you know, if they should ever have a mental health episode, there's actually an advantage because there's a facility right behind you. You can just walk over. I'm concerned about the neighbors behind me. I'm also concerned that there's a middle school, Ohlone Middle School, about two blocks away. If somebody has a manic, uh, a, a, a psychotic. And, and that's the end of your time. Thank you. Commissioner Alverio, did you have an urgent note? Okay, all right, come on down. And then after the next speaker, we'll have Victoria, I believe. Good evening, thank you for the time. Um, essentially, I'm um, one of the uh, neighbors, you know, I'm part of the, 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 the resident uh, for that project. Um, please uh, understand that it is a 48-bed inpatient mental health facility uh, project um, that you are considering right now. Um, just like uh, the other people have, um, uh, have said, we get notifi notified quite short recently, right? So what I am asking is for, for more time um, to have the opportunity to work with the uh, project the director and then the city planner uh, for more time to be um, more careful, uh, evaluate and consider all possibility uh, on behalf of our interests, of course, that we already shared to you. Um, and, you know, um, I've heard that very supportive, very willing to do this, do that for us. Um, but what is the process of that? Uh, what is it that's going to be on the paper of doing the right thing uh, on the interest of the residents? Uh, we're curious to know, and we would like that to be on the paper before the decision is made or your approval to move forward with the project. Um, so uh, would like more time and be more factual on paper of what will be done uh, with, with us, uh, you know, interest and boys participate in that contract. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Victoria next, and then that concludes, or that is all the names I have with speaker cards. If anyone else would like to speak after Victoria, go ahead and line up. Hello. So I'm agreeing with what's already been said, and I just wanted to include a couple of other things. I noticed on the application that there's uh, several sentences that state patients with mental health conditions, including eating disorders, anxiety, and depression, but there's clearly no exclusions. Also, um, the, the approval would not be limited to non-acute and any use that qualifies as a mental health care and patient facility with up to 48 beds would be allowed. So this is like something that could grow. I think the eating disorder thing was kind of misleading. Um, also interesting that it's part of the city plan that you would need this to be near transportation, a jail, police, sheriff departments, 
for lockdown psychiatric care that is not contributing to traffic or taking emergencies. Um, also, new patients being transferred from, other, from another facility and discharged to another facility is also followed by or picked up by a parent, legal guardian, or caregiver. I was wondering if somehow we could stipulate that they may also be discharged through that other facility that they came in from. I also noticed that the windows align with the windows of nearby residences, which is making them feel unsafe. And I had a couple of questions. When does the conditional permit expire? Or when will there be an opportunity for the community to give you feedback in the future? I guess, um, and will security be present? And what is the visiting policy? JCAH is already involved, I, I assume. And we're back to how can we be sure this capacity stays at 48 since they've wanted 80 plus beds. So those are my concerns. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Do we have anyone else in the chambers tonight who'd like to give public comment on this item? Good evening, commission members. Thank you for your time. I would ask for you to deny this uh, conditional permit. I believe that these types of projects and other supportive housing projects are disproportionately located in District 3. I've previously requested of the D3 office that they provide a breakdown for how many of these type of facilities are located in each district, and I have yet to receive a concrete answer. These types of projects get it approved on a one-off basis without a holistic view of where they're being located and in what district and in what neighborhood. There's a considerable uh, you know, risk here for the, a bit of a mission creep in the services offered at these type of facilities. We heard an attempt to limit uh, intake during business hours. I'm not really confident that that's something that is going to be closely monitored or adhered to. The discharge is another issue. These folks, if they are discharged uh, without any family, they're going to end up in the neighborhood. There's also been a comment made about the proximity of the school. It's about two blocks away, so that is a considerable impact. Uh, fundamentally, this just alters the character of the neighborhood. And again, I would respectfully request that you deny the permit. Thank you. Thank you. Anyone else in person tonight for public comment? And if not, we'll go to Zoom. So we recommend that any speaker that comes up do identify themselves for the record. Oh, yes. I don't think we have anyone else in person, though. So do we have anyone over Zoom for public comment on this item? Yes, we do. Tina uh, Morrow, please unmute your device. Hi, good evening. My name is Tina Morrow. I live in the Vendome neighborhood in District, in district 3. I am directly south of this particular project. Um, I am not here to speak against the project. How, uh, so on the micro level, on a micro level, I do believe that mental health is extremely important. I do believe that we need mental health facilities. On the macro level, we, the neighbors, need to have other things besides low-income housing, mental health facilities, uh, extremely low-income housing, uh, tiny homes, we have an overabundance of facilities that help, which is a good thing, that help people, but at the same time, numerous, numerous community members attended urban village planning, and there was a lot of happy talk about 
opportunities for, you know, stores and for coffee shops and for, for other things that also make a neighbor, neighborhood vibrant. Just like you don't want to have too many libraries in one place or too many coffee shops in one place or too many schools in one place, we also, we need some diversity. And so on a macro level, and I know you probably can't do anything about it, but I just want my voice to be heard on a macro level. I want the city to be thinking about the impacts of neighbors. Thank you. Thank you. Brian Darby. Thank you, um, this is Brian Darby. I, I'm sure you said that. Um, I, I, at first I was gonna really agree with the project because we do need the mental health facilities. A big part of my uh, career was working there. I spent a lot of time at Avenue working um, with those fine people, but their avenues is different. It's a huge space, um, and uh, the unpredictability um, can be pretty uh, serious. And that's not to you know everybody has a you know we need the facilities. I wanted to bring up mainly the it was mentioned again the notice you know two weeks you know not a thorough not a real robust. Uh, communication with the, with the people that are impacted um, and the neighbors. And that seems to be a recurring theme uh, in a lot of these projects. And over the years I've been attending the um, city council and all that, that's been a recurring theme a lot. And then when uh, somebody does get a conditional use permit um, and there's these conditions that aren't met, oh, well, we don't have enough staff to deal with that. You know, and that, that's a refrain that people really get tired of hearing actually. Um, so I, I would have to acquiesce to what the neighbors have said. Thank you for letting me talk. Thank you. Uh, please unmute your device. Hello? We can hear yes, you. Yes, we can hear you. Okay, great. Uh, hi, my name is Sayan and Sivaraman. I live in the neighborhood just a few blocks away from this proposed facility, and I'm joining the meeting to um, express my support for it. I attended the community meeting two weeks ago with um, the owner of the facility and other neighbors, as well as the district um, councilman and um, some staff, and I'm convinced this will actually be a good addition to the neighborhood, so I support it. Thank you. Thank you. Ryan Henry. Hi, good evening. Can you hear me? Yes. Okay, great. Um, good evening. I, I wanted to confirm, I had sent in a letter earlier today, Ryan Henry, it's a short five page comment letter. Could you please confirm that you've received it? Received it? Yeah, we received that letter. Okay, thanks very much. Uh, so I don't want to take up too much time, but uh, in, in addition, I, I did want to bring up that it was confirmed that no studies whatsoever were done by the planners to come up with their analysis. And I find that extremely disturbing because I find it disrespectful to the property owners that that was not done. And I feel like it's negligent. Uh, as a real estate broker, just as one example, I can say that nobody would rather live 
next to a 24-7 hospital, especially a psychiatric hospital, when it's currently an eight-hour-a-day office building. Um, and that will reduce the amount of buyers by probably 90%. And if, we, if this hospital is approved, we're probably going to sell the house and move on. Uh, we plan to be here forever. We've been here for 20 years. Uh, it's not fair to us. And we would be probably taking a four hundred dollars to $500,000 loss on our property. Um, the developer stands to make millions of dollars at our expense. We have not been offered compensation. And I think that somebody would be need to be responsible for this, uh, this uh, uh, balance uh, uh, discrepancy. Um, anyways, thank you very much for your time. Appreciate it. Uh, take a walk up North 2nd Street if you have a chance and see what a beautiful neighborhood we have. Thank you very much. Thank you. Jordan. Hi, Jordan Moldau. I'm a resident of Japantown. I live a few blocks away from the project. Um, and I also wanted to speak in support of it. Um, you know, we do have a mental health crisis and every time there's a tragedy in this country, we say we need, uh, you know, more mental health uh, services. Well, this is it. This is the more mental health services that we need to prevent um, unnecessary tragedies in our area. Um, this project sounds like it's about the, you know, safest possible project that it can possibly be. It, it's not changing the exterior characteristics of the building at all. Um, you know, it's, it's only accepting uh, clients who have been referred. They're not going outside. Um, they're going to be monitored all the time. Um, you know, the people who are going to be in this facility are really only a threat to themselves. That's why they would voluntarily go into these kinds of facilities. Um, and this facility is going to, you know, hopefully save lives. Um, I looked it up in Santa Clara County. There were 179 deaths by suicide last year. Uh, 29 of those were uh, people between the age of 15 to 24. Um, and then a lot of others in other age ranges. Um, so, you know, if anyone in the commission or anyone in the audience has family members who are knowingly or unknowingly suffering from depression or other mental health crises, um, you know, this will be a benefit to you to have this nearby um, and prevent uh, deaths from suicide and other mental health disorders. Um, so, again, I'm strongly in favor of this project. Um, I strongly suspect that once it goes into operation um, that, you know, people will barely notice that it's there. Um, so I, I'm in support of mental health and I'm in support of this extremely low risk project. Thank you. Thank you. Do we have any other public comments on Zoom? Noelle? Hello, I'm Noelle Gillis on North Third Street in Japantown. I support this project. I have family members with mental health problems and it's very hard for them to get good mental health care. And I see people complaining about the mentally ill out in the public, but they don't do anything about it. 
I support a hospital here to help the people who need help. If not now, when? So I agree. Let's open it up. Thank you. Okay. I believe that concludes. Oh, okay. Molly Fox? Hello? Hi, we can hear you. Uh, thank you. Hi, I, I am also a resident of the neighborhood a few blocks from this project, and I would like to voice my support for this. Uh, this is something we need. Um, most of the opposition is speculative. They're, this is not, you know, I mean, people are entitled to their concerns, but the reality is we don't know what it's going to be. And I think the planners, the people proposing this project do have a plan and it's a thing that we need and that should outweigh the sort of speculative behavior. Um, so again, I very much support this. Thank you. Thank you. Does that conclude Zoom public comment? Okay, great. Uh, then we'll have an additional five minutes for the applicant um, to give a further presentation and then we'll go to the commission for our deliberation. I just would like to reinforce um, our commitment to the surrounding communities. We'll, we will make effort to bring the garbage delivery and food delivery to the front, towards the first street where it won't create a problem. We will conduct shift changes in a way that won't inconvenience the surrounding neighborhoods. Um, I want to emphasize the, our, the fact that we're genuine about what we do and actually, as a matter of fact, they have similar smaller facilities. Um, we have one, one Hamilton Avenue and 24 hour for six people and we have another one opening up and um, we um, quite experienced this is the company is owned by physicians and everything is under supervision of psychiatrists. We, going to select people carefully, the insides are going to be closed, they're going to be locked, people aren't going to be able to just run into the backyard and cause any nuisance for the neighbors. Um, I, I'm really heartened by, you know, by the support for the community, by, from the community. I thank everybody for supporting the project. I really do believe that it will save lives and um, be a great addition to our community. And, you know, if approved, um, we will begin permitting phase. During that phase, I will continue to, I'm now part of the community, we now own the property, I will be involved, I will attend the meetings, I will have a conversation with surrounding communities, how to um, best alleviate any of their concerns. And that's, I think that's kind of the best I, I can do at, at this juncture. Um, thank you again for the opportunity and thank you all who supported us. Thank you. All right, Commissioner Alvario, I have you on my request list. Thank you, Chair. Um, so staff, this was an existing office building that actually I'm familiar from. Um, it had employees in it that occupied the building and it had people coming to the building that were customers and clients. Uh, so it had a um, you know, level of traffic coming in and out of individuals 
uh, and vehicles. It has on-site parking. I, I just want to understand it, it, it had dumpsters back when it was an office building and so dumpsters today would be no different. Correct. Um. So, I mean, when you look at the operational matter of the building, it was occupied prior by employees with visiting customers and automobiles, and this use proposes the same thing, albeit different businesses. Would that be correct? That's essentially correct, yes. Okay, thank you. Um, and I think it's been stated multiple times, this is a locked facility, and maybe if the gentleman who's the applicant can come down and just confirm, I might have another follow-up question for you. Yes, sir, this will be a locked facility. Okay, thank you. Hang on there. Um, and then uh, my next question is, the individuals that come to you, that come to this facility, are coming with private insurance with a referral from a doctor. Is that correct? We plan to um, this facility to be primarily for referrals from our facilities and our doctors. That's part of our group. We actually have over a hundred clinicians employed by by the group, and we really have a need for um, for clients that have been seen by our physicians primarily. And okay. It will be covered by private insurances. Got it. So here's my question then. So this facility is not taking someone that's indigent. Uh, under a conservatorship that they would use your facility? No, sir. Got it. So that's so this is a different, this is private insurance for the variety of things I heard earlier. And um, I think I'm good on, on with questions, so I'll let you go and take a seat. Um, so the other thing I think um, in uh, where I reside in, in District 6, we have a Crestwood Manor, which is on the corner of Fruitdale and Meridian, which is a locked facility but it actually is a locked facility for individuals that are, um, don't have insurance. Um, and that's a facility that's been there for a long time. And recently they built Villa Fontana's, which is a four ownership condominium adjacent to that facility. Uh, looking up at the locations, I noticed one's also closer to my home on Hamilton Avenue that I had no idea that's what, the, what it was. Um, now my comment is uh, that's outside of land uses is that 95% of the psychiatric beds in this country have been eliminated over the various decades and uh, finding a place to go is not easy and I recognize the comments made by uh, various members of the community but I think when you look at this this is a closed lock facility for those that have private insurance and whether the affliction be severe depression or anxiety or the, the food disorder, et cetera, um, that's far different than someone who has severe psychosis of schizophrenia, for example. And again, it's a locked facility. Um, so, I mean, from my perspective, I understand the sensitivity, but I think uh, at the end of the day, this is, um, it's acceptable. Um, and we're also dealing with a, uh, you know, oddly enough, this is adjacent to the county building, maybe a block away, which is the, uh, you know, provides all the social welfare services, including for the severely mentally ill. And this is sort of an adjacent use, et cetera. Um, I just, um, I, I feel, I think, I think it's okay. I think it can be maintained if it's a locked facility. And 
Um, I just don't see um, what I'm hearing. Um, again, I am sensitive to people's concerns, but in the reality here, what we're pr providing, and I'm starting to be a, a repetitive, but I'm, I think I'm okay with it. And uh, I just like to make a motion, put a motion forward on the table uh, to, to approve this item. Okay, I recognize the motion from Commissioner Oliveria. I'll just ask at this point if there's a second. Second. A second from Commissioner Tordios. Okay, um, I have Commissioner Bickford, then Young, and then Tordios, did you also wanna be? Okay, so Bickford and then Young. Thank you. Uh, two questions. One of them is just a, a confirmation um, that there were no emergency services and that regular, I, I, would, I guess I would call them office hours would be eight to five Monday through Friday for uh, recognizing that there are other things that will go on because it's a 24-7 facility. But appointments and, and things like that would happen during a regular business hours? Yes, so for the, for the residents, there aren't gonna be any appointments. They're gonna be engaged in indoor activities like group therapy, skills groups, process groups, indoors, our outpatient appointments, and mostly televisits. So um, we, had, we do have other facilities where two miles from there where people would be discharged into a day program. The standards maintain that we don't just we let people go on the street, they go into uh, custody of their parents or caregivers and they go into day programs which take place at the 482 West San Carlos Street which is two miles from, from this facility. So that, that's gonna be like the bridge. Thank you, you said something else that I wanted to just confirm. You said you couldn't get an ambulance in here anyway. What theoretically, I know you haven't written any procedures for this building yet but things happen with people that have uh, mental health issues. Um, what is your strategy if there's an emergency at two o'clock in the morning? So for the emergency, what will happen is that we would shuttle people to psychiatric hospital. A good example okay. would be Santa Clara Valley Emergency Services. See, with my, our approach, this site wasn't selected for emergency services because it wasn't properly suited for it. Okay. And the ambulance that's what wouldn't, I'm, that's what I'm there's making an emergency, sure an emergency ambulance could pull up in the front of the building, okay. or it could pull into a driveway in case of like an, you know, an emergency. But there's gonna be medical personnel outside 24 hours a day. Uh, thank you. I have a, a staff question too, if I could. Um, in the presentation earlier, you mentioned that there was an on-site sign in August and a community meeting, I think it was in December, but I don't recall the date. That seems like a significant gap, and it seems like one of the things that, uh, that, that we're talking about here is um, uh, a condensed notice time. And I just wanna make sure that we've complied with whatever the, the applicable requirement is for notification of the community. Um, yeah, so staff followed Council Policy 6-30. A community meeting for planning, purpose, for planning purposes was not actually required for this because of um, the the use uh, the square footage of the use um, the council district office did organize a community meeting last week so December 6th um, originally they did try to have a community meeting I believe it was in August um, but that one was canceled because the 
on the day of because the facility that um, they were planning on using had a power outage. Um, so when this was noticed for hearing, um, they decided to try again. So that's why the um, community meeting was last week. But again, this was not, this is not required to have a community meeting by planning, um, by, by, by the council policy, sorry. And this was a council district organized meeting, um, which as we said, the applicant, um, planning staff, and uh, council district staff all attended. Thank you for the clarification. Uh, just to add, uh, Commissioner, um, there's another provision in the council out or the public outreach policy that provides for community meetings if significant public interest is generated, and staff had not received a significant amount of, of public interest uh, for the project when it was submitted after the sign went up. So. We became aware of more interest um, when the public notice went out, uh, but that would be uh, too late in order to have a community meeting. So, but the council district did have a meeting on their own. Thank you, um, Commissioner Young, and then I'd like to give some comments and then Commissioner Casey. Thank you, Chair. Um, so, you know, I, I would echo a lot of the comments that uh, Commissioner Olivero made. Um, first of all, um, an office building generates quite a bit of noise, actually. It has dumpsters, it has people making deliveries, it has customers, um, etc. So um, I think an argument on a noise or disturbance basis is really not too credible with me. Um, I'm sad, actually, uh, of, of some of the comments. Um, you know, I, I struggle with mental illness myself. I won't go into the details, but it's sad that there's a stigma around it. And I wonder if this were being proposed to be a cosmetic surgery facility or something else, if we'd have the same objections. It, it, uh, it makes me sad. Um, we have a severe need for mental health inpatient services in this county. Um, and uh, I think this is a good location. Um, I think that the applicant, uh, from the written application and also from the, what he said today, is committed to be a good neighbor. He's committed to do um, what he can to try and um, be a good neighbor and make this facility not, not disturbing to the residents, um, including, I think he mentioned some, even some physical things you would like to do, like a fence or a wall or whatever, or landscaping. So, um, yeah, I, um, I, I wanna say one more thing on the gentleman who called in about the real estate values. I'm really tired of hearing about that. It's a bunch of baloney, honestly. Um, we had an, an affordable housing project that went up in District 9. This was before I was on the commission. I, I was involved in that. We had a a realtor who swore that the property values were going to drop and that facility opened about six months ago and the latest I checked um, those houses behind are up over two million dollars in Cambrian Park so um, I think that's a very specious argument I'm tired of hearing about it and quite honestly he should be ashamed of making that argument because he knows it's not true so uh, I'm strongly in support of the uh, of the motion and the project Thank you. Thank you, Commissioner Young. Um, so I just uh, 
want to concur with a lot of the comments made by Commissioners Alverio and Young. Um, you know, and actually, Commissioner Alverio, you mentioned a facility on the corner of Fruitdale Meridian. I used to live right over there and had no idea that was there. Um, it's, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think, I, I just wanna reiterate, as it's been discussed several times here, that this is a locked facility that folks are either taken to from another facility or picked up by a parent or guardian. It's not the kind of facility where folks are free to just walk out and mill about. Um, and you know, particularly, I just wanna note um, where this is, because um, this is near the corner of First Street and Taylor Street. Um, it's just a stone's throw from the county jail. When folks are you know, released from jail, they can just take a short walk and be right here. The county's reentry services office is even closer. You know, that's a, the office that provides services to folks who have just been released from jail. Uh, and I don't know, the idea that a facility like this where folks are taken in by professionals and then either taken to another facility by professionals or released to their families, not a facility where people can just walk in, not where one that can just walk out. The idea that that's going to create, um, you know, safety or disruption issues in the neighborhood is, I, I just don't see it myself. Um, so, I'll say I'm supportive of this facility. If something like this was proposed right next door to where I live, I would be fine with it. Um, yeah, and so I'll. Uh, hand the discussion back to my colleagues. I have Commissioner Casey next. Yeah, uh, just a couple questions. Will there be any type of signage to indicate that this is a mental health facility on the building? Um, no, sir, unless we are required by law. We're no. gonna, there are no emergency services, so um, we weren't planning on unless we are required by a regulation no and do you plan on you mentioned your business model is that this facility will incorporate patients that you're shifting from other facilities so are you advertising your services will this address be in any way publicized as a mental health facility not through advertisement um, we are in network with commercial private insurances so eventually the facility will make it into the directories, but most of the referrals from to, to this facility, unlike some of the other organizations, we actually have our own step up and step down facilities that will refer. So that will hopefully that's not the place where people start. Hopefully that's the place that prevents them from, you know, from ending up where they don't want to be. Right. But we actually not. Uh, planning to kind of advertise it uh, or um, put in sign. Uh, as somebody was correctly mentioning, there's a facility on Hamilton Avenue that we operate that no one even knows that exists. And yeah. um, so I, I, and I echo um, Commissioner Young's sentiments. I, I do think there is a negative connotation uh, or stigma to mental health services. And but that perception as we has been demonstrated it is real in the community so 
I'm going to be supportive of the program. I, I suspect as time goes on, this will be a non-issue. No one will even know that this facility is there if, in fact, the applicant runs it the way he's indicated he will here today. So I appreciate the opportunity to speak with you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, go ahead, Commissioner Cantrell. Sorry, I didn't know which button to pick to raise my hand. But I, I just wanted to kind of just say something that I think is important for us to say. I think there are a lot of people here with opinions that are honest to what they believe. And I respect that. And I think we all do respect that. Um, our, opinions may, our opinions may run contrary to each other, but we respect that. And you come here with honest discourse, and we make decisions based on that. What I do want to make certain of is that you feel welcome here, uh, whether you agree or disagree, because this is an important part of the process. We may disagree with you, we may agree with you, um, and the decisions will be made here, but we also want to make sure this is a, an environment where you feel welcome as well, regardless of what your opinion might be. Uh, and that's it, that's all I wanted to say. Commissioner Oliverio. Yeah, I just wanted to add that um, the state has a law called reasonable accommodation. So, for example, if someone wanted to procure a single-family home in a neighborhood and open up a, um, a facility for substance abuse, uh, cities cannot deny that under the reasonable accommodation law. And you can put two in each bedroom and two in the family or two in the living room. You can really add a lot of people. And those facilities are not locked. People can come in and go as they wish. So I just want to keep stressing that, you know, this facility I think will, um, over time, like other facilities, will be, will, will be okay. Thank you. Thank you. Do we have any other members of the commission who'd like to speak on this item? Commissioner Rosario? Yeah, I just I had one thing to say, and I, I just wanted to echo, you know, I, I have uh, worked, I've been the CEO of a health uh, network of health centers, and we had a terrible mental health crisis uh, as a result of COVID. And I think, um, you know, if we said no to healthcare projects because of where they were located, then we wouldn't be able to provide the healthcare that we are sorely lacking, especially when it comes to mental health, which I think everyone can agree on, is uh, lacking in not only our community, but uh, the entire nation. So I'm certainly for this proposal. Okay, I don't see any other hands up. Uh, so we have a motion from Commissioner Oliverio to approve the staff recommendation and a second from Commissioner Tordios. If there's no further discussion, we'll move on to a roll call vote on it. Okay. Commissioner Ornelas Wise and Commissioner Barosio are absent. Commissioner Bickford? Yes. Commissioner Cantrell? Yes. Commissioner Casey? Yes. Commissioner Garcia is absent. Commissioner Oliverio? Yes. Commissioner Rosario? Yes. Commissioner Tordios? Yes. Commissioner Young? Yes. Myself, yes. That is eight yes, zero no, and three absences. So that passes. Okay. We're going to continue with the rest of the agenda. Um, referrals from city council, boards, commissions, or other agencies. Do we have any items for that? No. Okay. Good and welfare. Um, item A, report from city council. There's no official report, but uh, yesterday, City Council approved all the land use items, including the 
general plan amendment for the Winchester Hotel sites. And Robert, if you could clarify, um, I read some media reporting on it. It sounded like there was a slight tweak to it based on what we heard. That is correct. Uh, the city council approved the amendment for the site itself, but not the immediate area. Gotcha. So it, it had the restriction of it only applying to that property. That's correct. Okay. I know that was and an it will come further to a director's hearing. The special use permit would go special to use permit, the yeah. director's hearing in a future date. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I know that was uh, something that was contentious in our discussion. So, Okay. Um, subcommittee formation reports and outstanding business. Anything for that? Okay. Commission calendar and study sessions. And the public record. Okay, uh, before we adjourn, I just want to say, um, you know, particularly at our, at tonight's meeting and at last meeting, last night's meeting, not last night's, last week's meeting especially, um, there was some really deep, sensitive discussion on this commission, and I just want to thank you all for the work you put into serving on this commission. Um, it's, you know, a lot of responsibility, and I appreciate the undertaking of time that goes into it. Uh, also, just want to wish everyone happy holidays and a happy new year, and looking forward to continuing our work in 2024. Thank you, everybody. It's 7.55. I'm adjourning this meeting. <laughs>